0: quick one if you'd like to support us on our journey to a thousand please do consider subscribing or following this podcast wherever it is you're listening to this thank you
1: and what having generational wealth does means that you can take the time you see my man these man will go on two years traveling the world before they even think of a relationship and they travel the world go and teach go and become teachers and teach english in different parts of the world and get to meet different cultures and all of these things add and give you life you get to see life in a different light we're out here struggling, just trying to just trying to get a job, just trying to get paid minimum wage.
0: Emmanuel Osuko is a financial advisor and the founder of the EMAD Effect, specialising in providing bespoke financial advice to working class citizens to help them reach their financial goals. In his capacity as a financial expert, Emmanuel has regularly been invited into the press and onto TV to provide financial advice to the
1: nation. But When I focus and I say, listen, I'm going I'm to do better than yesterday, If I focus on just doing better than yesterday, I have to win. I have to win. I'm a step closer. I'm doing it. I'm a a day better. I'm 1% better than yesterday. 1% keep going. Eventually, I'm 100% better than where I was at the start. And and that's the kind of mentality that I have. And and that led me to becoming the youngest financial advisor in the country. Again, it's like, actually, you've got to believe in you. You've got to stay focused. You've got to have the drive. And sometimes these things happen. You may feel like failure at the time. But actually, it's just you're just being pushed in the direction that you need to go to reach your destiny, and and that's what I see it yeah. as. So that's the e-man effect. And my why is just. Well, thank
0: you very much for coming onto a thousand voices, Emmanuel. How are you today?
1: Yeah, I'm good, bro. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate the, the, the call. I love the I love what you what you guys are doing, and and you know putting it out there and letting people know that it's possible. So um, I, I'm, it's an honor that you even you know reached out to me. So thank you for having me
0: anytime man i very very much appreciate you coming on and for sure anything is possible man I, mean, I guess when we hear your story and your journey then it'll become apparent to everybody's listening but before yeah. we get into it yeah i want to talk quickly about how i come across you so yeah my my wife here you've done a, like a talk or like a workplace and then she booked a session with you afterwards yeah. and you know it was a, i can't remember how long it was probably like a 30 minute or an hour or something like that and after yeah. that, she come to me. She was so energized, like all right, Tevin. Yeah, we gotta do this. We gotta do that. Really sort this all this out. <laughs> sort <that> out like. <laughs> she was loving it. She was loving it, like oh. proper. So that was the first time I think I heard your name. And yeah. then after that, I went to was it last year? When was it? I think last year, sometime. You know the Black British Business Show. I probably yeah, business show. Yeah, yeah. Last yeah. one. I probably mixed up the order of the words. But I was at that show. I was at the Black Finance. Nah, 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 yeah, no, Yeah. Yeah, and you were hosting there. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yeah. I yeah that. yeah, you on come, a Friday. Come, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, oh, you remember the day now? You got a good memory. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I remember. You come, you come with the energy. Come with jokes, like, and it was, it was great, man. So I think that was the second. That was like when I proper like come across you. So
1: yeah,
0: yeah, and then from there, obviously, I you know followed you somewhat, and then when I started this podcast, I thought, yeah, it'll be great to get you on board. So very, very much appreciate you, man. Once again, thank you so much.
1: Mm-hmm. No, thank you, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad that your wife. You know, it's good because sometimes you do stuff, but you don't know the effect. Because some people, you have a meeting with them. You'll t- they'll say they want to do stuff. You tell them how to do it, but they won't act on it. So I'm glad that you know. It's nice to hear that feedback. That you're, you know, you're you're saying stuff. You're you're giving people the direction, and and, and then they feel energized to go and take it. So yeah, that's 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 great feedback. So thanks for sharing yeah. that. with
0: me. No, it's all good. You know what is actually before we moved because we moved into this house quite well. When did we move here? We moved in December 2020. So we were saving up. And I think she spoke with you just before that. So, sometime in 2020 lockdown period. And it was then after that she came energized and we had to sort things out. But, well, I guess the advice was good because we're here now.
1: <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> no, we thank thank God. No, it's good, man. It's good. It's good. It's good. Um, I love it when you know people work together because I feel like that's a big thing that we miss out. Like we we wanna we wanna get places, but we always feel like we can do it on our own. But actually, you know, the first place should be family. Should be that that should be where we should be. We shouldn't just think family as somewhere friends and enjoyment, but also a place of business, a place of building wealth. Do you know what I mean?
0: For sure, for sure. So thank you once again, man. And. Just to begin with, you, I always like to take it back, you know, and talk about, you know, take it back, you know, to where you come from and everything like that. So, like I said, I've been following you yeah. for a little while now, maybe like a year or so. And on your Insta, I suppose yeah. you're you're known for giving your financial advice, but in a very straightforward manner. <laughs> that a lot of yes, lot of yes, and everything like that. How would how would you say yeah. your upbringing has shaped the how you know the person you are today?
1: Yeah, no, that's it's a big part. You know, I grew up in um, Tower Hamlets, East London. Um and I went to I went I went to a secondary school called Bow Boys and um yeah, it's one, it was it's just a rough school. Like I mean the pass the pass rate was less than five percent got five A to Cs. Um so you know, ninety five percent of people, like you're more likely to go to prison than you were to go to uni type thing. And um yeah, it was it was hard. It was a boys' school and um obviously my parents didn't have much they come they come from Nigeria so I'm the first to be born in the UK so these are done they don't they just see clothes as clothes they don't know what fashion is or what's designer or what's you know name brand or whatever they just like if it looks clean then they buy it if it's at the right price so you know I was going to school with the with the five stripe Abibas you know it had (laughs) B's instead of D's and getting roasted and um, I remember my uncle used to Went to America and he wanted to sell trainers and he and he got trainers called Oscars, and and he gave me a pair oh, wow. and I wore them to play basketball at school and I was called Oscar for two years. Man, i <laughs> calling me Oscar for two years. It was a, it was a hard place, like you know. Um, it wasn't called cool them times, I was going Lidl's, Aldi, these are the types of shops where these men were eating walkers, I was eating some German crisps, you know what I'm saying? The <laughs> languages, it's all mad. Now Now these shops, they stock like brand names, you know what I mean? But my time, they, everything was foreign, do you know what I mean? So you could tell who was shopping in Aldi and Lidl's and who was shopping in Sainsbury's and Tesco, do you know what I mean? And I guess that's where I learned to just have to have a comeback because you, you know when you know that when you walk into this place, you're going to get it like even the, the guys that get it will look for look to you so they can get out of it so that they will be getting cussed they be like I, I don't know why you're laughing and then start to yeah. you know, get you're that guy <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. so that was where i had to learn like no you have to come with the quick witted you have to have something you have to be ready to cuss back you have to think on your feet and just keep it 100 and um yeah so i guess sometimes you go through life experiences and they can be bad, but they can shape you and they can help you in the right environment. And I guess that's how a lot of the time I will see news. I will see things that happen and I will just think, you know what, let's say it like this and people relate to it. Like my audience, they get it, they relate to it and it, and it really challenges them to be better with their money.
0: For sure. sure. And what was the household like? You grew up with your parents and siblings.
1: Yeah, so my mum and dad, my dad's an accountant. Um, my mum was, was a dinner lady mainly at the time um, and my two sisters. So, so yeah, so it was, it was us. It, originally, we had a, me and my sisters used to share a room. So they had a bunk bed and I had my bed and my mum my and dad. And then we lived, lived in, that was our first flat. And, you know, we had cockroaches and it was just a, it was an embarrassment. Like, you know, like you don't even want people to come over. I remember like... There used to be this tall. I mean, when you're young, everyone looks tall. But I remember this tall white man that used to come and used to used to take the the traps were under, underneath my bed, and you see them full up with cockroaches, and then put new ones in, and like you'd know that you're going to lay your head down, and there's literally cockroaches underneath you. You know what I mean? You wake up in the morning, you see them see them on on the walls. Sometimes in your shoes. I've taken them to school before. Like, do you know what I mean? Because they got into your bag. It's 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 mad it's a mad environment but at the same time you know we went we went church a lot so Sundays is for church and that's when I know I would see my dad on a Sunday Monday to Friday he's working he's studying to be an accountant so he weren't really around during during the week as much but on a Sunday you see him there best suit, go to church and it's like that was Sundays was church so you know that that was a big part of my life and church has always been a big part of my life and yeah it was a loving family but you know we didn't have much I, I couldn't play out because um Tower Hamlets where I lived it was it's mainly Bangladeshi and um, we were in my estate we were we were the only black family and next door was the only white family in our know, whole block whole estate so if you went out they'd like steal your ball or do you know what I mean take your bike or whatever that, that type of thing so we had to just stay inside and play on the balcony I tell my kids now I used to play on balcony these all got garden in that. I'm like, I used to play like I play on a balcony. If the ball goes over, it's gone. Like it's no coming back. Do you know what I mean? These, <laughs> these are the, these are the environments that that we're in. So you know, it was it was tough. It was a it was tough. Like, but I guess if you don't know, like you can look back and say, oh, it was hard. But we didn't. I didn't know any different. Like we all all my friends used to get free school school lunches. Nobody knew that that was a sign of poverty. That was just standard that's just what we did do you know what i mean and um but we still had fun we still ha- had enjoyment we, we still had love and i think that's something that now that we're making money like i always try and tell my wife like let's make sure that as much as we want to give them more stuff we still give them the love and and the warmth and, and the time of my children do you know what i mean because i feel like i don't want to replace that with just gifts and items i want to make sure we still got those bonds
0: that's perfect and you know, it's a humble beginnings, I suppose. And would you say yeah that mm. that's where your drive come from? Because we'll get that get into you know to your career or your corporate career first in a second. But you were successful
1: quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it comes from that. When you can't like, I don't know, when you're the oldest child in a like African household, like the pressure to succeed is is unbelievable. Like, because as much as like I'm here in the UK and I'm seeing my friends my parents have a culture and a tradition that is completely different and that's what they know like they've grown up in it that's all they know so when they're coming over they didn't have anyone to say okay we're in the uk this is how the uk this is how we behave in the uk they brought all their culture all their traditions and so you would step out and go to school and be in the uk but the second you got back in that house you you may as well have been in nigeria do you know what i mean like the rules the regulations the 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 conversations so i had to succeed like i had to succeed and i always told the story like when i was like 13 14 my, my mom it was a time i just kept forgetting to off the switch off the light in the kitchen like and my mom used to get on to me because and now i look back at it i get it because to her that was money being wasted and they didn't have much money as it was so the light being on the heat being on anything like that that's just money that's just a bill that they have to pay when they're struggling So there was just one light in this kitchen, one bulb, not like multiple cabinets or whatever. And my mom used to get onto, I remember even getting licks, like getting beats for leaving the light on in the kitchen, like a dirty slap. And I'm thinking, rah. And I remember going back to my room and looking out the window. I'm seeing Canary Wolf. I don't, if people, like where I lived in Limehouse, we shared the same postcode with with Canary Wolf, E14. It's the same postcode. So I look out my window and I can literally see the Canary Wharf buildings there, the Barclays, the HSBCs, all them buildings there. And I'm thinking to myself, all the lights are on. It's night, it's night time. These men have gone home and they've left a 100 floors on. And I can't leave one bulb without getting licked down. And I said, nah, you know what? There must be money over there. You know, like that sometimes it's the simple things that, that you just translate as a child that actually, you know what? There must be money over there because we're struggling over here to leave one light on these men have left the, the floors on. And so because of that, I was like, I got to get to Canary Wolf. And that's why, I, that's what made me want to work in financial services, literally being, living that close to Canary Wolf.
0: Yeah. And you got to Canary Wolf actually anyways, not well, as a, as a young man, you got there and you're quite successful quite quickly. Well, yeah, very early actually, when you got into your work very, yeah. um, at Barclays, can you, uh, yeah, let's talk yeah. about that. actually. So your, your journey, uh how you got that role first of all barclays and just talk about you know your, yeah. your work ethic you know because becoming you know achieving what you achieve so young must have taken a lot of hard work
1: yeah so i mean i guess for me i um, i, I got a job at sometimes you want once you know where you want to be it's much more easier to get there that's one thing i always tell you know young people so for me i was like i need to get to canary wolf excellent i want to work for barclays or hsbc in canary wolf now i've got now i've got a goal even though them times I didn't know what, what I was doing, what I was doing was setting a goal for myself. Okay, this is the goal. And now I've got something to work towards. And I always tell people, like, if you don't, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Like, without a plan, without a goal, without you actually saying where you're trying to get to, life becomes, because how do you know whether you're succeeding or not if you don't know where you're trying to get to? And so for me, it was, it was I want to get there. So the first thing was I got to Canary Wolf. I got a job in Marks and Spencer's, 5 a.m. in the morning, 5 a.m. I was going into Marks and Some While people are sleeping, I had to be there at 5 a.m. So I used to leave my house at 4.30. So I had to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, and there's no bus. I'm walking. And there's foxes on the road. If the fox crossed the road, I crossed to the other side. Me and the fox are playing game. Then it will come across. <laughs> we, we jump in back and forth, either side of the road, just trying to get to work in the morning. And I used to get in there at 5 o'clock. But I put my effort in, learned what I had to do. And my dad always told me, whatever you do, try and be the best at it. And, and so I was like, okay, let me try and be the best at it. Let me just try and do this the best I can. And so I got, got there, got the experience. And then I said, okay, i got a job at Barclays. I used that experience to get a job at Barclays as a cashier. So I went from, you know, customer service at Marks and Spencer's to cashier at, Bar- at Barclays. So now I'm in Barclays, but I'm no longer in Kine Wolf. I'm at Baker street. And basically, I I met a manager there who who liked my attitude, liked liked like how I am, my personality. But I was part time, so I weren't taking it as serious as I could. So I would work hard when I was there, but they would used to want me to come in like fifteen minutes before the branch opened. And I used to be like, "No, nah, my contract is nine till five. I'm part time. I'm not coming in early. Do you know what I mean? Not paying me for that. You know that mentality, like you're not <laughs> paying me for that. So I'm yeah, not doing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and so he he told me, look if you're on time you're late and i was like what do you mean if i'm on time i'm late like he was like if you're on time you're late and what he was basically trying to make me understand is is that if for you to get early somewhere you've got to you've got to plan you've got to be prepared for your day you've got to look at what what time do i need to wake up do i need to iron my clothes the night before do i do I, what bus am i going to take and what if that bus what if that bus is late what's the bus before that to make to guarantee 100% i'm going to get on time and so i used to get everywhere Half I used to plan to get everywhere half an hour early and I used to set my watch half an hour early. So I was getting everywhere one hour early. I know my mum thought mm. I was out doing drugs or something the time I was leaving <laughs> my house. She why are you leaving the house so early? Like she thinks I'm I'm out doing something in the streets. But I was just like, no, I'm 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 here. I'm gonna listen to it. And because I listened, and this is something that I always want people to like, just that little listening to that, that manager, he saw me when I got there one hour early. He was there. And he was like, okay, seeing as you listen to this one thing. Let me put some more energy into you. And I tell people, if I didn't just listen and I would have been arrogant and said, you know what, I don't need to do that, I wouldn't be where I am today. But me being able to listen to that message and say, okay, I'm going to take that on board and I'm going to add that, I'm going to do better, made him say, okay, excellent, you've done that. And he basically mentored me and taught me the ropes. And because of that, I was able to rise really quickly. By 22, I finished my degree by 22, and Barclay said, listen, what job do you want? they asked me imagine a bank saying what job do you want and I said well I want financial advisor and by 22 I became the youngest financial advisor in Barclays in the country I went from straight from cashier to financial advisor that is a huge jump like you know it's a huge jump and and they did that because I I was doing so well at the work that that I was and I always tell people I was a cashier but I was vital to the branch. And sometimes we allow the titles people to give us to make us feel like we only have to operate small. Oh, I'm a cashier. I'm the least paid. I'm the least important. So I'm going to work the least. But actually, I was a cashier and I was the most important person. If I, the days I didn't go into the branch, they didn't hit target. That's how vital I was. People, the, the personal bankers used to fight at who would get my clients, my leads that I would generate from speaking to customers as they were walking in. That's how vital I was. And so again, don't ever allow anyone's title or anyone else's opinion. You are control of of what you do and who you are. And you can you can do something to your level. And 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 I, and I always say I always compete with myself. My only competition is myself. And actually a lot of the time I allow myself to beat myself and not achieve what I can. But when I focus and I say, listen, I'm a, I'm gonna do better than yesterday. If I focus on just doing better than yesterday, I have to win. I have to win I'm a step closer I'm doing it I'm a, I'm. I'm a day better I'm one percent better than yesterday one percent and keep going eventually I'm a hundred percent better than where I was at the start and, and that's the kind of mentality that I have and, and that led me to becoming you know the youngest financial advisor in the country I started I was making making more money than a lot of a lot of adults I mean all my colleagues were were late 40s early 50s and we're doing the same job I'm, I'm 22 they could all be my mom and dad that's it, And you know
0: what? That reminds me of something I read. Um, I've read it. There's a book. Or I can't remember what book, but there's uh, Napoleon Hill. And he has, um, I think it's the laws of success. Yes. Yeah. Laws of success. And then one of the laws is the habit of doing more than what you asked for. I'm probably butchering it a little bit, but that's basically what it is. Yeah. habit of doing, going the extra mile, doing more than what you asked for. And you were doing that like there and then. Yeah. And through doing more than we ask for, you become like, you know, an integral part of the team. And then from there, you're 22 years old. Okay, what job do you want? Right. The opportunity was there because you're putting in the work, you know? It's there. And that's like a, you know, a startling example of that, that, you yeah. know, that in practice, you know what I'm saying? So, you mentioned there, yes. You mentioned that your colleagues were all basically middle aged people, 40, 50 years old, and you're yeah. 22. Yeah. Um, guessing yeah you can tell me if you're wrong but i'm guessing yeah like a lot of them didn't even you're probably one of the only black people there you're the youngest and probably only black person and you're probably one of the only people from the kind of area you grew up in as well maybe i don't know i'm assuming Yeah, yeah 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 yeah. so yeah you're assuming correct so so you you you're you stick out like a sore thumb basically but yeah 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 what were you doing differently that all the people around you weren't doing that's allowed for you to get these kind of opportunities so early.
1: Sacrifice. I always tell people like, so I always say like, you know, I I didn't. I didn't go on the mandem I didn't get to go on the mandem trip to Ibiza or or all of these types of places that that these men got. I didn't do that. I was studying for my financial advice exams when I finished straight when I finished uni. I became a finance. they gave me the financial advice I had to start studying. So I couldn't go away when I finished uni and start doing I was straight into work, straight into my career. Um a lot of obviously I was working while doing my degree. So where a lot of my friends had time to just chill and so forth. I had, to, I had to study because I knew I'd be at work the next day, whereas a lot of my friends weren't working. So I've been putting it in a, lot, a long time before a lot of the people around me. But also, I always say that people like me. And I think people don't realise how much of a skill that is, like to walk in any environment and people like you. People like who you are. They like your energy. I always say that's my superpower. People like me. When I, when I do shows, people are like, yeah, this guy's relatable. That's why they call me back because the, the audience will they'll get feedback and the all they be like yeah i could really relate to him i could re- he seems very normal he seems like someone i could i could relate to someone i could trust and that's 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 always been a skill that i had and so people that i didn't know wanted to give me opportunities because they liked me they could they saw something about me that they liked and i think for some of us you know we're very talented but because we're talented we haven't worked on our people skills we haven't worked on um our personality and even when people try to tell you to improve it you feel like oh I can rely on my my talent will get me where I want to get to but I'm telling you people liking you will take you so much further than your talent sometimes you're not even you're not even got the talent you shouldn't even be in that room but because people like you they're willing to work with you they're willing to give you a chance they're even willing to you know pay for someone to coach you whereas then rather than get someone that's ready made, that's already got the talent, but hasn't got the personality and it can affect the group or f- affect the production or what they're trying to do. So I feel like it's really important to, to learn these types of skills, because again, I'm from the hood, but I couldn't be hood. Nobody understand. no one would understand the words I'm saying. So I had to be, I had to now start listening to the words that they use and I had to start making them feel comfortable to be around me. A lot of men will say, "Wow, that's fake. I'm not, I'm not fake. I'm real. Like I'm down. Like, I don't know what you're on. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like you don't have to be like the same person in every single environment. That is that is a mad thought process to think that you have to be. In fact, it's a skill to be able to make people feel, feel comfortable in different environments, people have grown up in different places, so you you can't just be you all the like, do you know what I mean? In every single environment, sometimes you have to be maybe even you're allowed, you might have to be a bit more quieter to allow people to feel a bit more calm, a bit more comfortable. Sometimes you might need to put on a suit in order to fit in in the environment that you're in. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes we're so on this being real and being down, and I'm from this. I'm from where are we really from? Like you are who you are. Who you are? You are you are unique because you are the only version of yourself. So only ever do things that, that you feel comfortable with. Don't, don't feel like I must do this or I must be this because people from where I'm from act like that. These are the things that limit us and stop us from reaching our full potential. Hmm. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah of course. Let me tell you something, when I was at Parkley's, like I, I was working in in, in um in, near, near like Kent, Bromley, these types of areas, and people were like, oh, you can't, some of the advisors that I work with were like, oh, you might not be able to do well in this branch because, you know, they're not used to black people, and did it, did, it, did it. like trying to be, you know, when someone's trying to be helpful, but really they're projecting their own fears on you. Because as a financial advisor, sometimes people will come into the branch, but sometimes you go to people's houses, Bro, when I tell you I've gone to I've gone to old ladies' house, like I'm twenty two, these she's sixty eight, these some of them are seventy. I've gone in there. They're giving me tea and biscuits. We're talking. There is no, there's no drama. There's nothing. They're telling me about their grandchildren being the same age. Like I was young, and these that were so shots, like my my fellow advisors, that I was able to do so well. Even though obviously I'm telling someone how to do a pension. I'm twenty two. What do I know about retirement? Like I'm fresh. Like I'm closer to. Uh, you know i don't know college or uni- or secondary school than i am to somebody that's that's in their 60s do you know what i mean but i knew my stuff and people got on with me and so people want they could see my energy in fact they were like you know what we'd rather have someone young and hungry than have somebody that's been here for a long time that's co- comfortable and maybe doesn't doesn't care as much we could tell i made my clients feel important to me and that's what was most important they didn't care about my age did i care about them Was I going to do the best job possible for them? And, you know, when I didn't know, I told them, so I don't know the answer to that, but I want to go and find out. And they respected that. They respected that. You know what? This guy wants it. And that gave me more opportunities. And sometimes we can allow, you know, our skin color or our background to affect us. But actually, sometimes that's you. Sometimes that's you in your head telling it. Or sometimes it's the people around you projecting their fears onto you. The reality is, is that for a lot of people, not every, like, just because somebody hasn't been around a certain, like a black person, doesn't mean that they, they don't know how, you're still a human being. Like they've still been around humans. Like we're all humans at the end of the day. And sometimes we have so much focus on skin color and, you know, but actually people don't care. If you're a nice person and you're, you're polite and you're ready to help them, they're ready to listen. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's what I found, especially in my early days in my career. But what I would say is, is that again, I started to feel like I needed because I talk in a certain way. So I started to watch a program called Made in Chelsea. And I will be, I'll be watching these types of programs and listening to these men talk posh and that and try and copy, look at the words that they use so that I could fit in. Do you know what I mean? When I go to the, more around my advisors than customers, like, cause customers are all right, but more around my advisors to make them feel. And then when I got like the big clients, I'll try and use big words and stuff. And actually it didn't really work for me. Like, it didn't really work for me. Actually, what, hap- what happened was is when I started to talk in my own voice, guess what? My clients that were talking all posh, all of a sudden, they take off their fake accent. Here, these men are from Ireland. This man's from Liverpool. This man's from Leeds. But they're faking it. And actually, sometimes you talking in your normal place will make them feel like, you know what? I come from a work. Even though I've got money now, I come from a working class background. And that's what we forget. We think that how we meet people is how they've always been. But the majority of people that I was meeting, although they were wealthy, because that's why they're, they're sitting down in front of me, they came from working class backgrounds or they've, been, they've worked on farms or been in normal jobs. So, so, so they felt relaxed around me. They didn't feel like they had to pretense. And that even helped me more, get more referrals. They started referring their friends and building more trust. So you be you, like you be you. And now I, I, I tell people I work with people I want to work. Sometimes I wear a hoodie in my meetings. I used to always have to wear a shirt and tie and suit. I wear a hoodie in my meetings because the clients that I work with want to work with me. So I don't need to dress up. They already want to come for me. I And you can attract those types of clients. You can attract the people that you want to work with over time. So, yeah, that was definitely my my kind of imposter syndrome when I first started that's
0: really cool and it's interesting when you talk about how a lot of the you know what you're feeling back then was, was just people just projecting their own insecurities or fears onto you and telling you oh you look like this or yeah. you like this or isn't going to work for yeah. you etc cetera, etc cetera. but like you know I think you know there's power in just being yourself like your proper authentic self because people like yeah real people you know what I'm saying yeah. so if you're yeah. you're you're acting you know acting like someone else or acting like who you feel like you're supposed to be and you exactly. kind of put on a facade, you know, it's, it's not that you know, people like people, man. People like to build rapport with actual people. Mm. So come be yourself, do your thing, give them the yeah. advice, give them, offer them the value that they're looking for. Yeah, and you know, it's a win win, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. If you can break it through it like that, I want to fast forward a bit, yeah, to what you're doing, the work you do now. So, with yeah, the email effect, which I suppose is what most people are going to know you. Yeah, most people will probably know you for that, yeah, nowadays. So, with the E-man effect, can you just first of all just touch on what the what it is, what you do right now yeah. specifically? And also I'm interested to know or learn what your why is with yeah. what you're doing right now as well.
1: Yeah, I mean the E-man effect basically um, is a financial platform online teaching people how to be better with their money, trying to empower people to build wealth, not just for themselves, but generational wealth and trying to people trying to teach people how to elevate. But in a most relatable, down to earth, funny way possible. I, I just want, I just want it to be normal. I just, so I just want financial advice and financial education to be something that people just feel like can be the same type of conversations when they're bantering about talking about relationships or talking about anything. Like money is just a, something that we can just banter about, and it doesn't have to be the serious thing with all these numbers that we have to know and equations and stuff like that. Actually, it's something that we're living every single day, and, and, and we can, we can. The more we the more we accept it, the better we get with it, the more money we can make, the better life we can live. That's the type of vibe I want I want to get from it. And that, that's what I bring to it. I guess when it comes to how it came about, you know, I, I left the banks, in the banks, I felt like I was just helping rich people get richer every day because financial advice is targeted and aimed at affluent people. And I felt like I went to church on Sunday and I, and I see like 800 people and I'm like, how come I see none of you during the week? how come I see none of you during the week yeah I see you on Sunday here putting money into the offering bowl I know you got money you're, you're giving it away but but I'm not seeing you during the week and so for me it was like actually you know what there's an education gap here you you don't you can't do, if you knew better you would do better it's one of those type of vibes if you knew better you would do better and I felt like I had to be the change I wanted to see and so I left the bank and when I left the bank these men laughed at me these men were like right so you you want to go and start a financial advice company or a financial education company to teach poor people how to be better with money. Well, it's, it's like it's not a very good business model. And again, that's people projecting what they know and they but I always tell people there's a difference between sight and vision. And for a lot of us, we have sight, but we don't have vision. Somebody sees wood, somebody else sees coffee table. They, do you understand what I'm trying to say? And so for me, I had, I knew what my vision was. And they they couldn't see it. And sometimes they're not gonna see it because it's your vision. And I always want people to remember, some it's your vision. So sometimes only you can see your vision. Uh, th- there's no point in telling other people. They're gonna be like, no, it doesn't make sense. Oh, it's not gonna work. So I decided to start online teaching people. And before, you know, it, ended, it took a while, but it ended up going really well, especially adding the humor and the comedy element to it. And people started sharing, platform growing, went on TV. Now, these men that used to laugh at man would be telling people that we used to work together. I'll be their cling yeah. to fame. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. So imagine <laughs> if I would have listened to them. Mm. Like, And that's the thing. Sometimes we, 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 we're taking advice or we're listening to people that ain't doing no better than you. So I don't understand why we want to take advice on people that are only maybe in a slight better position than you. That's not even where you're trying to get to. Like dream big. Know where you want to go and, and keep going at it. Because one day, someone, you're going to be somebody's claim to fame. Like, I'm literally people, companies that made me redundant, sat me, told me I wasn't good enough, today will tell people that I used to work there. Oh, yeah, Emmanuel, the guy on the TV, yeah, he used to work here. Can you imagine? This is how you're selling your company. Me that you threw away like I was nothing. So, again, it's like, actually, you've got to believe in you. You've got to stay focused. You've got to have the drive. And sometimes these things happen. You may feel like failure at the time but actually it's just you're just being pushed in the direction that you need to go to reach your destiny and and that's what i see it as so that's the e-man effect of my why is just i want to make a difference i'm tired of i'm tired of when people talk about other communities it's always oh yeah this community does wealth or this community buys property but when they talk about my community it's like oh you know we're all about the the the, the, the swag life and bling bling and Money this and money that, but we ain't actually got no money. We are just consumers. And I'm not just talking black people. I'm talking people from from low income families, from from like council state backgrounds. Like I thought, I remember seeing you go on some of these council states. You will see Bentleys, you will see BMWs, Mercedes, I Aldis. And I'm thinking, rah. I go out to the, I go out to the sticks. I see two million pound houses. These men are driving Peugeots and Citrons. Do you know what I mean? And we're here living in your mum's yard sharing a bedroom with your brother, you're on a bunk bed, you're 35 on a bunk bed, and you got a Mercedes <laughs> outside. The priorities are all wrong. It doesn't make sure. no sense. So these are the these are the types of things I'm like, nah, I've got to come for people. I gotta I've got i have got i have got to call out this behaviour because we're just letting it happen. And I'm not gonna let it happen.
0: you just gotta let them know (laughs) how straight up just gotta let them know (laughs) oh my straight yeah you know you said something interesting there as well yeah something i haven't i don't think i've really heard someone break it down like that where you say taking advice from people who aren't even on the level you want to get to you're working with them in the same role and they're telling you why you can't go and do what you want to do they're telling you all the ways in which you can go wrong and they don't have they don't have the vision they have the sight they ain't got the vision (laughs) It's like they're projecting in a way it's similar to what you saw about for this projecting yeah. maybe their own yeah. fears or whatever and saying oh no no no, we're comfy here we're good you know, we got good salary yeah. we got good benefits all that kind of thing exactly no need, no need to step outside and go and try something else but that's powerful man i think that's very powerful you might, you might i know you just saw you said it whilst you're talking about i think that's powerful because a lot of us take yeah. on a lot of stuff and it seeps into your subconscious and it stops yeah. you It's like paralyzing you know and it stops you from stepping out and yeah. like really going and trying to do whatever it is you want to do so that's a yeah. uh, very important man, I think for sure you know be careful about who you're taking advice from you know definitely and you spoke about generational wealth here yeah? uh you yeah. touched on it there as well what's the importance of generational
1: wealth yeah you know what generational wealth the importance of it is is, is it's the lifestyle so it's like let's put it this way um imagine we start a hundred meter ratio because of generational wealth, although most people have to start at the 100 metre line, some people get to start at 60 metres. Some people get to start at 90 metres and other people don't even have to race anymore. They've already passed, goal. They're, they're gone. And so the problem with us is that we're not even at the 100 metre line, we're at the 400 metre line running the 100 metres and wondering why we're always coming in last. But generational wealth, will now mean that again, especially when we're talking about the type of wealth that we wanna build in the Western society. Like I said, for me, I'm the first in my family to be born here. So my dad is gonna, my dad lucky he's done well and he's gonna be able to pass some stuff down, but I know what I'm gonna build to be able to, so that means that my children's children are gonna be, they're gonna be starting at the 100 meter line at the very least, if not, you know what I mean, further, because that's the type of things that we're gonna be putting in place. And so I sat down with, when I sat down with clients, they'd have a child and they would, they would they would get life insurance straight away. They would then they would then start saving in a in a in a savings investment account for their child, a pension for their child, they then they then pay have a fund for their child's private education, they then have a fund for the the child's first car, they have a they'll pay for the wedding. If somebody's paid for all of that, when you come to get married now and you come to start your life. You ain't got to worry about student loan. You ain't got to worry about, oh, renting and all of that's been taken care of. So guess what are you going to do? You're going to do the exact same thing for your children. All of a sudden, it's not financial education anymore. It's just a way of life. Like we're at a stage as, as, as a people where we need financial education. But eventually all it all it becomes is doing to others what was done for you. And that's what generational wealth is. And that's, that's how we improve. Because all of a sudden now, you choose. Remember, this life is, well, the most important commodity in this life is time. It's not money. Money is only so we can enjoy time better. The most important thing is time. And what having generational wealth does means that you can take the time. You see, my man, this man will go on two years traveling the world. Before they even think of a relationship and they travel the world, go and teach, go and become teachers and teach English in different parts of the world and get to meet different cultures. And all of these things add and give you life. You get to see life in a different light. We're out here struggling, just trying to, just trying to get a job, just trying to get paid minimum wage. It's a different world. And so for me, I'm like, we need to put generational wealth. And we need to start really investing and start to make our money work, not just for us. But for future generations, so they can start further up and they can have a better start in life, and so forth, and that can pass down. That's great. It's so, like we
0: gotta be the the change for the generations coming forward, man. So we can, all, so we can do better. moving down the exactly. line, you know. Exactly. When you talk about you know, in terms of the generational wealth side of things, and you got clients who are they got life insurance and they got fund, wedding fund, et cetera, et cetera, all these different funds for their children yeah. when they're born. What about for people that don't necessarily have that kind of a disposable income at the moment? They might be working minimum wage or they ain't got that much left over. What can yeah. you know, people like that do to start building some level of generational wealth?
1: Well, the biggest thing is life insurance. Life insurance might only cost £10, £20. Some of us are spending that on, on Starbucks, Starbucks, you can spend 15 pounds just a coffee and 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 bacon sandwich, 15 pounds is gone. And you're doing that three or four times a week. So you've got the money. You can afford it. And so life insurance now says, okay, if anything happens to me between now and a set age, I know that there's a lump sum of money that will be paid to my children. That's generational wealth. Because that is that is a lump sum of money that they can use, that they can have, so that they can have a better, so their lives can be better. And then when I've had a client. So I, t- I had a client who who I saw, and she they literally inherited 200k from the death of their from the death of their granddad, yeah. And the grand, and, and the, the dad didn't need the money, so the dad passed it straight to them, and so they used that money to buy a property, and they bought property in in like the 90s. Those properties today, so that 200k now today is worth like three three point something million. All because of their dad had like a 10 pound life insurance a month 10 pound a month life insurance is is now is now in 20 something years later has now turned into 3.5 million worth of assets now i'm not saying that that's going to happen to all of us but it's big but i mean even now 100k life insurance if you're in your if you're like 25 or something like that 100 it's like 10 pounds 12 pounds and you know that If anything, you can build it and you can have more and and build it up and go to 250K or half a million. If you know that if anything happens between you and now and retirement, your children are going to get half a million or your family members are going to get half a million pounds. That's generational wealth. That's just a simple one. Then if you've got money above that, then I would then say you you could do a junior ISA where you start to save for your children, start to invest, and not save like savers account. You'd actually start putting it in, in in the market, in funds, and start getting your money invested and get that working because compound interest, over a long period of time, it can build up to, to, to a larger amount. So those are the kind of small things, but also for themselves, you know, start, open up an, an ISO, start investing for yourself. Look at stocks. These are things that you can buy. Some stocks are only £10, £5, you know what I mean? You can start getting it and then that could turn to be a hundred pounds one day and, and, and you're keeping all that profit. So definitely start investing. And then also look for me, a big thing is look at your income. Some of us, I always say there's 365 days in a year. Why do you only get paid on 12 of them? Mm. It's about time you start to think about what can I do on these to create income for myself on these other days other than the last day of the month or the first day of the month like what can I start to do to start getting paid more than 12 times in a year and it might be even getting a promotion at work it might be a course that you might need to take it might be and sometimes it's not even a course sometimes it's experience so I always i got my clients so I sit down with clients that want to buy a house I'm like your income's not enough but guess what the job above you is 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 an extra 10k you get extra 10k to do that you need X experience because we find a job description. Now I want you to go and speak to Tony in accounts and say, can you shadow him on this next project that he's doing? So you gain that experience. Yes, that means that in your lunch break, instead of having a full one hour lunch break, you're gonna have a shorter one because you're gonna spend time with Tony. And yes, it means after work you might be doing Tony's work. But guess what? Within within six months, you've got that experience. If you don't get it, your company, you can take that experience, put it on your C V and apply to another company and get the 10 grand more. And now you're ready to buy a house and so sometimes it's not even about a side hustle sometimes it's actually am i maximizing the 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 experience and skills that i have to get the best pay possible with where i'm at and once you've done that then look at the side hustle sure that's great
0: that's great and i want to talk about consistency yeah so you've been working for a while now like when i say working, i don't mean like working that's right i mean working isn't like putting in the work you know you've gone above and beyond for a long period of time yeah and you know and you, you you know doing what you're doing now and Through that, you've had a number of opportunities, obviously, that have come your way. You've got, you know, all of these different TV opportunities that have come through. I said at the start that you've done, uh, you spoke at an event at my wife's workplace. And I guess that's another opportunity that's come through, through consistency, through branding, you know, and I guess, and the hosting thing I spoke about as well. So these opportunities have come through, through working for a long period of time and being consistent for a long period of time. Yeah. And just yeah. want to touch on how important do you feel consistency is when trying to you know brand or just trying to make a name for yourself and do something yeah. for yourself
1: yeah consistency is key it's, it's, and consistency and discipline because sometimes i think we focus on motivation but when you can't be motivated you have to be disciplined like you have to say, even though I don't want to do this today, even though I don't feel like doing this today, I'm going to do these tasks today because you're disciplined, but consistency is a vital. I tell people when I first did my, my first, um, Instagram videos, I used to spend time working out what I'm going to do. What's the message going to be, take time, creating it, put it out there. 10 likes, eight of them are people that I know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? In my family, do you know what I mean? Two of them are, are bots, they're not even real <laughs> human beings, like, and, and it's like, what have i done all this work for but i didn't let that i didn't let that you know deter me I, I just carried on creating content and then learning from it and saying oh look this one banged why did this one bang oh because of this oh this angle oh because i'm using this hashtag because it's really relevant so not only must i have my plan but i also must look at what are people searching what are people looking for what are people talking about let me make sure i'm i'm, I'm talking about this stuff on my platform as well and then let me go where people are at whether it's in person do personal talks and so forth consistent consistent then i got i got a tv show because of that so i went from caring about 10 likes to then doing a tv show where we're getting a million viewers a week uh, episode so it's one of those things that sometimes you can't stay focused on on the likes or whatever like people are seeing your talent if you stay consistent your voice will be heard then i did the tv show then after that i carried on then we had we had lockdown with the pandemic and then we had um the george floyd situation so what happened in the lockdown because of lockdown, people are talking about finances and money and then because of the george floyd situation they said oh we need black faces so we need someone black who talks about finance hello i'm here do you understand if i would have waited and said oh now that now george floyd's happened they're looking for black people and oh people are talking about finance and then started putting videos out i'll be too late i would have missed the boat they would already have people who have bigger names, who have been doing it for longer, who they would have, who they would have gone for. But because I was doing it, because I'm being consistent to it, when the opportunity came, it was, it was mine. And your hard work creates the opportunities for you, not the other way around. You don't spot an opportunity and then work hard. You work hard and then take the opportunities.
0: That's
1: great. That's great, man. Now. I want to ask, so looking
0: back like reflectively over your career or personal life, I suppose, over the yeah. over, you know, last few years, what would yeah. you say has been your highest high and your lowest low?
1: Yeah, I think um, my, my highest high, I think, you know, I always tell people the, the best decision I made was marrying my wife. That was like the best thing that happened to me. Like my, my partner, like she, she really encourages men. Like when, when these workplaces are putting man down, like she always lift man up. She always encouraged me, always knew that it's possible, always believed in man. And I think for me, that is my highlight. That That is the thing that I'll always hang on to because when you've got a partner and you trust that person and you're like, that's like your best friend. When you, Her opinion matters more to me than anyone outside. And when, because she continued to believe in me, if I had a partner that didn't believe in me, I might not have made it. Because if I'm getting stung outside and then I come home and I'm getting stung again, I'm just thinking let me just give up let me just go get a nine to five I don't want it I don't want it but her belief in me her encouraging me her her being able to, to to really empower me and say look I believe in you I know you can do it was probably one of the best things that happened And also that it stopped the distractions it stopped me trying to impress everybody I didn't care what other people thought I just I just knew what did this woman think this woman believes in me this woman can see the good stuff that I'm doing even even if nobody else can so I'm gonna carry on and, and that's been a, a highlight of my, of my life and, and of, my, of my success. I'd say probably the lows was when I got made redundant for the third time. Um, and when I got made redundant, I had just come back from two weeks paternity. I have four children. So I just come back from having, from having my fourth child. My wife had our fourth child and I took two weeks off to be with them. <clears throat> and then literally got back to, got back to the office and they said, yeah, we're making you redundant. And I remember it was painful, because I'm thinking I've got four kids, brand new baby, like I'm the main breadwinner in the house, and you guys are just letting me go like this. You're just letting me go like I'm nothing, like you don't know what, what I'm going through, what, what I've the, the responsibilities that I have. And um, that was really painful, and that's probably one of the lowest moments in my life. Um, but actually, it turned out to be one of the best things because it pushed me to say, I'm not going back to nine to five. I'm going to make my business work. I'm going to stay focused. And anytime it got hard, I just remembered that these men sat man and that just gave me the battery in my back the push that I needed to do another video, make another phone call, go and see another client, go to another meeting, wake up early in the morning. It just kept pushing me and pushing me and and, and we see the results now. That's great.
0: And last question before we go into the quickfire questions: What do you want your legacy to be?
1: For me, my legacy is all about you know financial education, empowerment to a community. I want I want to I want I want to look back and see bare people that are doing financial education. Bare people that are like look back and see that people have taken from you and improved on it. Like you, you've been an inspiration to others. Like you've been you've shown people that it's possible. Like you know it always seems impossible till it's done. And you've shown people that it was possible. Like, we can be in these spaces. And I'm already seeing it. I've already got people. Like, I had one one young man say to me, like, I want to be an expert. And his brethren are laughing at him. Oh, I want to be an expert. And he was like, oh, but Eman's an expert. And they were like, oh, yeah, man, we like Eman. Eman's cool still. So, yeah, you could be an expert. And it was like, do you know what I mean? It was like, he could, it's cool to be an expert because they see someone that comes from where they come from and that does it in a way that they can relate to so, all of a sudden, it's not, "Oh, I must be a footballer, no disrespect to footballers or rappers or whatever, but it's like actually, I can be an expert and still get the love from the people, still be out here making change and still and still get the respect of my peers and and to me, that's what I want my legacy to be to inspire people to know that it's possible for people to build wealth ownership you know i want I want people to to feel like, yeah, we as a people also have ownership we're not just we're not just consumers." Like I wanna go, I wanna go and be gone, and people are like, nah, you know what? That's not how we are. Like, Iman taught us, it's all about ownership. Like, we own properties, we own businesses, we invest. Like, we own stocks because Iman told us that it's cool to do that. That's sick. And you know what? Just
0: hearing that story about the the boy that um, wanted to said he wants to be an expert because you're an expert. That's sick. It's about that vi- visible sort of representation. You know, like you see, you literally when you see when you see it yeah then you can believe it you know what i'm saying so if they're seeing you yeah. on tv they're seeing you on exactly. instagram and everything like that they're like okay wow I'm, I, I don't have yeah. to you know be a you know no, just I have to be a footballer i don't have to be a rapper or whatever i can i can yeah. be a financial advisor i can be this i can be that you know yeah. that's that i think there's power yeah. in seeing and yeah definitely. yeah and that's that's sort of some of the motivation around a thousand voices as well you know to get people like yourself who are Doing whatever they're doing, successful or inspirational in their own right, in whatever field, and just highlighting those voices, you know, because I feel like there's so much power in seeing and hearing stories. So, thank you for sharing that, man. That's really good. That's real. No Mm. problem. So, all right, let's do them quick fire questions, bro. Okay. So, I got got 10 questions here, yeah? 20 seconds per question. I feel the first few questions are a bit easier, the last few get a bit more difficult, but just whatever comes to your head <laughs> just shout okay. it out and that's good no problem, no problem cool. alright, let's go first question, what's your favourite movie? Um, Pursuit of Happiness that's a great movie alright, second what's your favourite yes. book?
1: Uh, oh my goodness I, I like so many books um, Who Moved My Cheese?
0: Alright, I've seen that book on Amazon, I haven't read it, but I need to. I'll put it on my list. Alright, next question. Name a song that you can never get bored of. Um, More Money, More Problems. Next. If you can only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would you pick?
1: Um, Chicken. Um, I love a jerk chicken with jello fries and plantain that's me man all day I could do that every day <laughs> cool alright next one how do you start your day Um, I start my day with a prayer and just meditation Um, just focusing on what I want to achieve in a day what I want to get out of the day you know letting go of things that I can't change and and focusing on things that I can all
0: Right. next name three people that inspire you
1: um nelson mandela um martin luther king and jay-z all right next question what's
0: the best advice that you've ever received
1: um i guess i think the best thing I, I i ever received was the fact that the most important thing is time over money and like you know the importance of adding value you know as long as you can add value you can make money um but the whole purpose of making money so you can enjoy your time and i think for a lot of us we focus on the money and actually we don't have that much time to do the things we actually enjoy and so for me it's that balance of actually focusing on time
0: all right next one if you were to dedicate the rest of your life to one charitable
1: cause what would you pick (sighs) Oh, one charitable cause i think a charity that's close to my heart is is a charity called um step now um and basically what they do is help young black people from you know from people from urban areas like get 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 a chance to do stuff like community centers and groups and stuff like that i grew up going to play center so i wasn't on the streets do you know what i mean whereas some of my other friends whose schools didn't provide play centers or or youth centers were on the streets and got up to nonsense and so they're out here trying to get people off the streets doing things creative spending time together learning together building bridges so that you know there's not postcode wars and stuff because people have grown up together you know i mean i'm really uniting people rather than dividing so yeah i love that cherry
0: that's perfect i think i've seen the name maybe on social somewhere but love that man that sounds so good i'm gonna check out some more all right so next one last two questions what's the kindest thing somebody's ever done for you
1: um i think i always talk go back to uh, my my boss my coach my p teacher mr barry is my head of year when i was at school and um, we used to get to school early in the morning 7 a.m um to play basketball and in september it's all right but in november obviously it gets cold and we we're playing outside and mr barry used to come he used to come in early and see us and so he started he got the key and started opening the gym so that we could we could go and play basketball in the gym so we didn't play out in the cold but also to make sure that we got the lessons on time and because we used to play basketball in the playground and then He'd still be late for that actual class, and he used to make sure that. And I never forget like the love, like for someone that just wanted to help you, just out of the like he didn't have to. We wasn't even we weren't even complaining, but he did that for us. And yeah, that's probably one of that was one of the nice. That's the first time I think an adult. Treat, like, thought about man like a, like, not just like a child, but as like a human being, and like, wanted the better for man.
0: These teachers have such a massive impact on the lives of the students that they teach, and for a lot of some teachers don't know they don't because, like, yeah. you might be just doing something minor there, but you still remember it all these yeah. years later. And I got things I remember for some teachers back in school that I still remember now. All these years, there's a difference between the teachers <laughs> that you could tell are doing it, you know, just for a paycheck and the yeah. ones that really care about the students that they're, you know, that they're teaching. So, yeah that's really cool man exactly Love that. and last question yeah. what's one thing people don't know about you
1: oh, one thing people don't know about me is that i was i was born with an extra extra finger on each hand and a lot of people don't know that I got cut cut off but i still got a little mark on each hand um and only me and my mom done it my sisters never had that but yeah that's me and my mom
0: oh cool nice one man all right that's that so thank you so much i really really appreciate you coming through today really appreciate the stories the inspiration the motivation the advice all of it man thank you so much bro much appreciated just like yeah just to wrap up have you got any closing remarks anything you want to say in closing
1: no i just want to big you up man like thank you for you know creating a platform i think for a lot a lot of the time you know um people don't think about how do i create a platform to serve others do you know what i mean because that's what you're doing. You're, you're out here looking for a thousand voices to amplify in the best way that you can. Do you know what I mean? And that's not something that a lot of us do, um, but it's appreciated because I know the time it takes to you know put on a podcast and upload it and advertise it and find guests and emails back and forth and bu- booking times and then people cancel and you still got to rebook it. And I know exactly all the energy and, it, and it's appreciated. You know Sometimes you're not going to get the pat on the back and you might not see like, the monetary reward but I want you to know it's appreciated and, you know, more blessings to you and, you know, keep doing what you're doing, bro. Thank you so much, man. That's really appreciated. Uh, where can,
0: to wrap up, where can people find you if they want to yeah, follow you in what you do?
1: Yeah, so the Eman effect on, on, on social. So that's Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, um, the Eman e- effect, UK. Um, and then Emmanuel Suquo on LinkedIn, um, the website, um, um and then the email is team at com. so yeah you can reach out i'm here to help here to support and um, yeah that's where you can get me
0: perfect man thank you once again very very much appreciate your time this evening people's definitely make sure you check out emmanuel he's very very good my wife can vouch for him i've seen him host he's a great host as well as as well as a financial advisor so check him out man check his stuff out but yeah Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate your time this evening. And that was that. So this is A Thousand Voices. This was Emmanuel Sucro. And we're out. Okay, 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 my people. That's the interview done. Once again, thank you for tuning in. It is always very much appreciated. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this on right now. It really does help us to get these messages out as far and wide as possible. And let us know what you thought about this episode, any key takeaways, anything like that, what you think about 1000 Voices in general. Feel free to leave a comment and a review on whichever platform you're listening to this interview on. Next week, we've got another very special guest on the podcast and we're going to have a little bit of a different layout as well on the YouTube video. So tune in to see that. If you'd like to see some previews from the next guest, then feel free to follow us on our social media channels at 1000 voices UK on every platform. We'll be uploading some little snippets onto there as well before the episode comes out. The podcast will be out on a Tuesday. The YouTube video will follow a couple of days afterwards. So subscribe if you haven't so that you can keep up to date with it and you don't miss out on anything before it comes out. But that's that for now. Thank you for tuning in once again. This is 1000Voices. That was Emmanuel Sucro. And for now, people, we're out.